Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Today we're going to dedicate this time to Mothers Against Drunk Driving and what we can do to keep the roads safe. So for many, many years, Art Brown has been dedicated to that one cause of making sure people do not get behind the wheel when they have had a drink of alcohol or whatever substance. Art, thank you so much for joining us. Rebecca, thank you for having us. It's such an important subject all year long, but particularly at the holiday season because it's a sensitive one for lots of people. Yeah. When you say sensitive, in other words, tell us a little bit why why this season is especially sensitive for you. Well, while we celebrate, and all of us do celebrate, uh, many of us have an empty chair or empty chairs at the table, which is very hard to get over even in the long haul because you do have those memories and a sense of uh, loss in your home. Yes, that's true, right? Whether or not they've passed on or they've moved away. So it is a, a sentimental time. It is also an emotional time where there are, we gather together and the tendency can be to gather together at these celebratory lunches and dinners and parties and drink or partake of another substance and get yourself home. So let's talk about your campaign to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, thank you for that. That's a very important one because nobody really objects to drinking per se. But to get behind the wheel after you drink is really a risk. And the message has always been from the traffic safety people and from MAD is don't drink and drive, but find a safe way home. And that means uh, there's lots of other ways home beside you getting behind the wheel. That's so key to make that decision early. It's interesting because the way technology has changed, we have even more options besides getting a ride home from friends or calling someone to come get you and or taxis and or free rides. There's Ubers, right? And there's lifts. There are many different ways you can get yourself home safely. Yeah. And they're not particularly expensive per se. And it really is a risk-free way to go. And the other thing is, it's not just yourself, but the friends around you who might drink and get in the car behind a wheel. We've had people that have known, uh, you know, people that get behind the wheel and they don't say much or anything or don't stop them. And that person ends up in a tragic crash. So I think we all have a responsibility. If people are impaired, then we should speak up, including taking care of ourselves. I know when you say speaking up, I, I need to acknowledge that 103.5 The Arrow and KSL 5 Television have joined forces with Mothers Against Drunk Driving and the Utah Highway Safety Office to encourage people to have red ribbon clings, right? And place these red ribbons in their cars as a reminder of how important it is to be safe. 
Yes, and to remind other people. And Arrow 103.5 and um, KSL and uh, FM, they have really been terrific in getting the word out because it takes a constant reminder. And we find that when you uh, really publicize and make people aware continually, it does help to uh, lower the crash rate and people makes people rethink their evening. Well, and part of the campaign that you are involved in with the Arrow and KSL 5 TV includes asking people to make a pledge, a commitment to not drink and drive. And tell me a little bit about that. Why making a commitment can be so persuasive in directing what we do and don't do? Well, a commitment is to remind you uh, ahead of time. So you've already made the decision. And to let others know you've already made the decision Because when you talk to people who have been convicted of drunk driving, which we do every month, the courts do order uh, drunk drivers to come to a victim impact panel, they all realize that once they start down that road, it can be a slippery one and get out of hand to where they really haven't got an alternative ride home and they will take the risk. Well, And I want to talk about that because once we start partaking of a, a substance, do we have the clarity of thought to realize we sh- whether or not we can drive? In other words, if you make the commitment to not get behind the wheel no matter what, then you're not relying on yourself when you have impaired judgment to decide uh, if, that's, if you should be driving or not. Well, actually, when you ask people, they say impairment begins at the first drink. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to realize you start to lose function, driving functions, uh, to do multiple things at once, to uh, your alertness really starts to go. And the more you drink, the worse it gets. And I really do believe that people need to rethink this thing because we can't, we will arrest a, a lot of people, but we can never re- arrest enough. And a car can't be anywhere. And we in Utah, we still have a crash every four hours that is alcohol-related. That is stunning. Every four hours, yeah. somewhere in the state of Utah, there's a crash that is related or can be connected to alcohol use. That doesn't even account for those who haven't been in a crash and haven't been detected. Right. Wow. And that is, uh, let me talk a little bit about that, because we can only rest a very small percentage, and they know that. So there's about 3,000 to 4,000 drunk driving trips a day here in Utah. And so we need to keep that in mind and shift some of the burden where it belongs to those who drink. And that is really important. And let me tell you another reason it's important for them to to really make that decision. Out of the next 10,000 people who will die, which is just one year from drunk driving in the United States, close to 7,500 will be the drunk drivers and the friends that drive with them. So when they get arrested, they should thank the officer. Because that is protecting them from a more serious consequence. Yeah. When you get arrested, you can't have a crash. Mm -hmm. And when they don't get arrested, a lot of them will try it again and again. And it's alarming when the research shows that before they're arrested the first time, they've driven 80 to 200 times impaired. Oh, my goodness. That needs to stop. I mean, there is no other solution for people like Arrow 1035 and KSLTV to re- keep reminding people and people really understanding and have respect for the community and life 
that they have to make the decision not to drink and drive early on. For those who have just joined us, this is Art Brown with Mothers Against Drunk Driving Mad, and we're talking about a current campaign, um, not only distributing red ribbon cleanings that you can put in different places on your car, around the house, but also commitment, an agreement, a pledge that vehicle owners will not drink and drive. Now, earlier I mentioned not just alcohol, but other substances. So let, can we talk a bit about that? Well, thank you very yeah. much, because drug-related crashes are going up, where drug is associated uh, with uh, deaths. So w- they are finding a lot more people with alcohol and drugs, and simply the drug-related, cr- where crashes occur, it's not the same cause and effect as alcohol, but they are associated with crashes. It's clear almost double what alcohol is because marijuana and other drugs have really um, become more prominent uh, when people drive. And that is really a serious problem for a lot of people. Because, again, we go back to your driving. How The average car, I, I remember hearing its weight, but now I can't remember. It's thousands of pounds. Yeah. So you're behind the wheel of something that is propelled beyond your ability to control, and then you add impairment to that. And it, the risk is so serious. Well, it's it's not. Let me just talk about the risk too, because let's talk about the risk to law enforcement trying to keep the roads clean of drunks. And in the extreme, you'll see in the news, and it's covered where they get on the freeway in the north or southbound lanes the wrong way at high speed, and then the calls go out, and they're going to hit and kill somebody unless UHP takes the risks to knock them off the road or slow them down. So. We're asking law enforcement to take a lot of risks to keep our roads free, and I think we should all respect that when we think about drinking and driving both, the risk we put law enforcement at to just try and stop us. I don't know the numbers, but it does feel to me like a couple of times a month I'm hearing the story of a wrong way driver. And I have been on the road multiple times because I do drive about 70 miles one way to work and then another back. So I'm on the road quite a bit when I see the Utah Highway Patrol begin maneuvers to dart um, back and forth in front of the traffic to cause a slowdown. And there's always the question of that Highway Patrol um, man or woman um, putting their life on the line. They're, They're driving perpendicular to north and south traffic to try to wind that traffic down. And the question is, what's on the other side? Is it somebody driving under the influence. And that and that to me is a startling, sobering reminder of, of the sacrifices that the Utah Highway Patrol make. Law enforcement, people have been killed and injured across this country arresting drunks. And in this case, what's left is the law enforcement. That person will hit somebody at high speed and they will kill them. And we've seen that happen when you can't be intercepted. Well, to be intercepted, the highway patrolman then has to take the risk and decide how to take that car out if they can't get their attention to stop. And so they have pit maneuver, and at the end of the day, they may choose to take them head on. Does that explain, there is a close partnership between MAD and the Utah Highway Patrol. Is it because you're, you both have the same interests at heart? Well, we both have the same interests at heart, the difference is they really have the risk on the road. So 
we uh, always do partnership up because we want less drunk drivers on the road. If there's less on the road, then there's simply going to be less deaths. And that's why we publicize. That's why we're having this program today, because I think one of the astonishing things that is people don't appreciate is the delivery of death notices by the highway patrolman or any law enforcement after a drunk driving crash or any crash, but particularly drunk driving because it can be avoided. They're just, they never are erased from that officer's memory, ever. Do you feel comfortable sharing your family story? Yes, it's uh, one that uh, has a rerun. And uh, I just want to say to the audience that one of the main purposes of MAD is to support the victims of this simply violent crime. Because it's a violent way to die, a violent way to be injured. There are no skid marks. They're usually at high speed. And uh, we've witnessed some very uh, traumatic crashes, right, where they took six people at once. and a family in a minivan a, or whoever it may be. Whoever, sure. or even a single rollover of a drunk himself. I mean, we, before I share my story, I must say that with eight out of ten being the drunk driver and their friends, we're just as concerned about them. We we do not want to lose the life of someone who is impaired. And that's why we support law enforcement, to arrest them, to get them off the road. And so we're just as concerned about their loss of life as the innocent people. But for me, it happened, uh, I didn't pay much attention to it, about drunk driving, until um, the last day in 1999, and uh, I got a call from my daughter. They had been at a play up here at West High School, and they were in a Honda with their two small children, uh, two years old and four months old, and they got rear-ended at 33rd South and I-15 and in, in a horrific crash. And she called me, and she said, Dad, I have been in a, a, a crash. Um, my two children are being life-flighted to Primary Children's Hospital. I have to go with my husband to another hospital. Will you meet them? I don't think one of them is going to make it. Oh, what a... So that... Wow. Sorry, and I have to, and I have to go. Goodbye. That's it. And so your world just changes with a flash of emotion, and it cannot be described. And the pain and grief cannot be spoken. And and I went along with certain family members to Primary Children's Hospital. Certain members we dispatched to um, St. Mark's. Well, I stood up on the bench there and watched the. Life flight helicopters come in over the campus, wondering which child was having trouble. Turned out both of them were having trouble. Primary Children's Hospital was really ready for them. All the operational room, everything, all the doctors, nurses, everything was on board. And uh, it was traumatic to see him come through on the gurneys into the into the room. And then in the course of the examination, I over, was looking over the shoulder of the neuro surgeon person at the brain scan of the four-month-year-old baby, and I could see there was no definition in the brain. I thought, oh my gosh, this is this is terrible. So I phoned down and had my daughter transported up from St. Mark's to spend the last uh, few minutes or few hours with her child, and the worst day I've ever had so far, it might be worse going forward, was to watch them 
uh, have to take that small baby, his name is Matthew, off of life support, see it change color, and have to say goodbye. And think about it. And mothers know this. I mean, when you have a wonderful child, four months old, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're gone, and they're ripped from you by a careless act, senseless act that could be avoided, and you have to say goodbye. And the injured other one was broken the legs off at the femurs and put behind his ear and was in really a considerable amount of trouble too. And so you have all these injuries, but the memories run as flashback is the problem. And one of the great things MAD does is we have a uh, hotline, 724, for our victims. They all across the country, any hour of the day, can call and get professional help and to talk through these things. And the trauma is just so terrific. Think about it when you're involved in a crash to figure out who lives in your car and who is dead in your car. And think of those moments. And then what we want to do this Christmas season is that we all want to come home safe. And it really is a traumatic, painful experience that although you get over it, it's functional and you have to be functional in the future, but there is always uh, the empty part in your heart. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that. And to me, it is um, the sobering truth of the consequences of getting behind the wheel impaired. I'm very appreciative that you share that MAD provides that 24-hour, seven days a week uh, hotline where people can call and share their experiences. Because as you began our interview, you said, I recognize the holidays as a time where we notice even more so who is not around the table. We'll miss them all the 365 days, but we tend to miss them more when we are in a setting where we should have them in our arms. And, yeah. and that's just terrific. Do we get that 24 hours, seven day a week phone number from the website? Or Yeah, MAD. It's just 877-MAD-HELP. And that's an important uh, service to be able to talk things through because there are nights that there's no day, right? I mean, there's you, you at, this is so traumatic. People cry till there's no tears left because there's no way. And let me say this on the other side for the person who caused the crash. There are no winners because they go to prison or, you know, they, but they're out in a few years. But they always have it in a memory, especially if they kill their friend riding with them and they're still alive. So as I have looked at this over the decade, it is no winners because there's shattered glass and you can never put it back together and everyone loses when you dry, drink and drive. Everyone loses in a crash. How long ago was MAD founded, by the way? Uh, back in the uh, mid-1980s by two ladies in Sacramento who had their daughters killed, and, um, and they, and you know, drunk driving was pretty well accepted then. I was going to say, it was socially accepted. Then they had races, drunk driving races early on, and, and that's how foolish of a sight we've had as automobiles speed up and and so it was pretty well accepted. And then um, really, they it, it shows one person can make a difference. And since that time, Rebecca, it's estimated that over 
350,000 lives have been saved by the movement they've started. And that's with law enforcement, with legislature, and our legislature's really good here about the laws and all of the community awareness. And it's been a big partnership. But really, the death rates have come down. They've leveled out. It's the problem. But they really come down a substantial amount because uh, people began to understand we don't need this. Art Brown, as a representative of MAD in Utah, where would you say the bar is? How much pain medicine we can take, how much pot we can smoke, how much alcohol we can consume before we get behind the wheel? Well, let me tell you what the bar is. We have had about the same death rate in this country and really in the state for, for a number of years. That means somehow we're we're really tolerating it too high. We arrest, just so you know, um, you know, we talk in terms of BAC and so forth. It's always blood alcohol content, sure. But we arrest on the average 0.16, twice the legal limit. That's over 280 times the crash risk you're getting on the road. So there's a lot of crash risk. And we have to shift that burden to those who are drinking to not drive. And unless they're more willing to accept that, and have respect for life and the community in which they live, we are going to continue to see a crash every four hours. And although we arrest 10,000 a year, you got a million drunk driving trips, and they, the community has to have more awareness. And those who drink just have to find a safe way home. We have just uh, two minutes left. So as a family, we have the conversation. So we talk plainly and honestly about getting behind the wheel if you're impaired. Yes. We, we set the standard as... Nothing. Alcohol uh, or drugs. Friends, if we're at a social occasion, we, instead of deferring and watching them have a drink and walk to the parking lot, we step forward. And have we a- step forward and offer a ride or offer to get them a ride. But uh, we've had instances where people have left three times the legal limit from a bar, got on the freeway the wrong way, ran head on to a young, innocent person, and they're both dead. And when we see that happen, I mean, this is talk, that's a lot of alcohol to get up there. And when we see that happen and someone walk out with the keys, we need to step up because that's our friend. I'm telling you that the it's not going to be good mm-hmm. in all likelihood. So we need to help each other, but we need to make sure that we find a safe way home. Art Brown, thank you for your years of advocacy to keep the roads safe, to protect life in Utah and across the country. Uh, for more information about this campaign, you can go to 103.5thearrow.com or you can go to the MAD website. MAD dot org. And that can give you a real framework of the standard. Do you want to have that risk when you get behind the wheel? The answer is no. And that will give you more information and more support. And because Art mentioned there is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week phone line for victims of uh, drunk driving, Um, impaired driving, and you can call that when you need it, when you need to talk about it. Art, thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for having us.